My friends, I am so excited for this conversation today. I feel like we're going to talk about building a business with your partner and just (laughs) building a business in general, living in chaotic cities um, and having a spiritual practice, doing things on your own and what that looks like and how to have ownership over that. So I'm so excited for me to gain all of the, I'm getting goosebumps, information and spirit and knowledge from my guest today. And also that you guys get to hear it too. Uh, So please help me welcome podcast host, podcaster, uh, comedian, artist, uh, she just released a coloring book. I did. If I believe, I did. right? I did. I did. Yeah, and and business owner, Ani Moosh. Oh my God. My heart. Like, <laughs> that's Listen, the best intro I've ever received. Thank you I'll tell so you what, much. Yeah. Save it on your phone. Listen to it every morning when you wake I, up. Yeah. Yours. That should be my alarm clock. That should just be that. <laughs> Welcome yeah. me to the day. <laughs> Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you for being ha- here. Happy to be here. So, okay. So I have a million questions, but let's just for the listeners, (laughs) even though I started by saying there are no questions. So, yeah. So you, you were kind of saying that we met, uh, through talking about, and and Alex knows Irish or how did you guys get hooked up? So we used to produce a podcast, uh, for Anjan Biswas and we knew him from like Boston comedy. And I believe that Alex was on their podcast at some point. And we just like always kept in touch because it seemed like we were like you and him and Irish and I were kind of like doing similar things at the same time. And it, you know, like, obviously you want to like chat about that with somebody, you know what I mean? So I think that's where it all began. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. That makes sense. Cause I was like, wait a minute. I was like, I feel like, like, yeah, there was some way by Boston or New York comedy comedy. and podcasting. So you guys, you and Irish who's your partner and you guys live where are you? You're not in Manhattan, are you? So we, um, I'm going to be also very real on this podcast. So we moved from New York. Uh, we, our rent went up 150%. And at the same, Fun. in the same 60 days that we were like notified that we would have to leave because they were also renovating the building. Um, so I don't know where, like, if we paid that, where would we have gone? Would we have lived in a construction site? I don't know. Um, you know, our, our studio was, in our apartment in the East Village, Manhattan. It was great. Um, And in the same month that we were notified that we had to like kind of move out, my dad found out that he has cancer. Mm. So it was just like one, like every Friday I had some kind of news about something and it was just omen after omen after omen. And I'm like, all right, (laughs) I need to not be in this space because Mm the universe is telling me that like just because you're not in new york doesn't mean you're not making an impression doesn't mean you haven't already made a dent doesn't mean shit. so like if you need to go take care of yourself your family like think about the moves you want to make in your very infant business you know um with your partner because there's a as you know, a lot of decisions to be made when you're and everything sort of like overlaps. Um, and we were like, you know what? At the end of the day, I'm glad that we just like, we're gonna go to like a safe space. And so we're in the Boston area now. And so I can okay. be like close to my dad. And I'm actually this week going to New York to like go back to do work. So I'm like kind of nomading in a way, yeah. uh, but like living wise, like we're here and we're like, just working on our shit, you know, like from the beginning, we're kind of want to be like your own, like your mom's house. And 
you know, that's the end goal. And I'm sure that is for like a lot of people, but like, you know, that's just sort of like the thing we started and uh, that's been the focus. And, you know, going to New York has been like a fantastic experience and it continues to be um, because we made like the meaningful connections and like that are important to like our soul also in the projects that we do, you know? So, um, you know, to answer your question, I'm like kind of everywhere. <laughs> no, I, I love that because I mean, we left for different reasons, but similarly where I was like, how long am I just going to white knuckle this? Because I think I'm yeah. supposed to be here. And for right. us here was Los Angeles. And I was like, this is so stupid. Right. Like, I was like, I don't even thoroughly, I mean, I got to the point too with LA where I was like, I don't even really like love being here. You know, I don't love having to walk 10 blocks to get my fucking groceries and then carry them back like and to pay so much money for them anyways. You know what I mean? Yeah. Insanity. And it's not even good, you know? Well, and I feel like I feel like a few things. I feel like when when we as individuals are in a place or a position where we are more grounded, our art will always be better. For sure. Because our consistency, our ability to show up, I am I would assume, I mean, I know if, if my father was sick, it's like, you know, it'd be a non-negotiable. Like, yeah, it's- we would be, you know, wherever he needs to be. And so it's like, even that, I, I would assume like that emotional sense of like, okay, we're yeah. doing what we need to do to be with family, to support family. Like you're able to really still go after those really big goals. And also mm-hmm. like, it could be argued where it's like, oh, LaForce, you're only saying that because you, you know, left being in like the main market. But I also feel like you're not, there's, uh, there's also only so much building that you can do in those massive markets. Yeah. Like, so I think, you know, and it's also, it's not forever, right? Like New York's not going anywhere. Los Angeles isn't going anywhere. Also, it's like, do you even want to be doing that? You know, like we went in the initial intention that we went in for was like completely different than where we were at, you know, two years later. And it you obviously learn, you gain experience, you work with people where you're like, I never want to do that again. Or, hey, that was so great. I'll do whatever I can and bend so I can work with that person again because, you know, they treated me like a person. And like the entertainment industry is like, it's pretty obvious to say, obviously very difficult to navigate and like find authentic people that are accountable to their projects, their actions, to you if you're collaborating with them in any way and like just what their expectations are. And like what we found is that a lot of people are very intimidated by that too. And um, it made communications a little bit difficult. So like you got, you have to learn to like communicate with like a lot of different people And I come from a background where like, that was, that's what I did every single day. Like I worked with design clients for like major hospitals and like other corporations and things like that. So like, there's a different way to communicate with everyone. And like, it's, it's really hard when like, you don't, you know, working with artists, you got to pick and choose. You really do. Yeah. It's funny because I was talking about that with Alex this morning and I was like, um, helping a client with something. And I found that I used to get really frustrated because I feel like I'm a very good communicator. 
right? But just because I'm communicating well doesn't mean that somebody is hearing me because they're hearing me from whatever their perspective of life is. Mm -hmm. So if everybody's out to get them, that's how they're going to, that's the filter they're going to hear me. If they um, are still very fearful of what they're doing, that's the filter they're going to hear from me. If they think they're better than everybody, they're going to like, so I realized the best way for me to communicate is communicating in what A, I think is in their best interest and whatever that means, but also what is the way that best protects me? And, and, mm-hmm. and what that means is what saves my time. Yeah. Like I was talking with a client about doing um, a potential like podcast tour mm-hmm. and they were very excited about it and this and that. And then I realized I was like, um, they're also very busy and they've got a lot of other things going on. I said, you know, I also want to be very frank that if this is something that you decide to do, this is going to be the investment. Yeah. So I want to be very clear about that. If you're not in a place where you, you are ready or able to make that type of time investment, then it's not the time to do that yet. Yeah. And so I've just found where I used to, you know, and when you're building a business and you just want clients, you know, and you're like, I can tap dance. I can also pour water. Like what else do you need? I can read you bedtime stories. Like you just want to do anything to like hashtag make the sale. And now I've at least been doing this long enough and just doing my own inner work where I'm like, I'm going to tell you exactly what the experience potentially could be like. And then if you decide that's not for you, then that's fine. Yeah. And someone else, like, you know, they're so sad, right. It's like the best thing about our business, which is Mm -hmm. like, yeah, there are so many people doing it and there are so many people that want to be a part of it. Right. And like, I think also uh, a lot of the times where maybe it was like a, you know, working with people was a lot of producing, you know, and you have to have sort of chemistry with your producer so you can give it a chance, but like, you know, as the people that was on the other side of the camera were like, all right, it's, you're great. Do you, but like, you can also do that without me. You know what I mean? Like you can do that with someone who's going to be a better fit for you. And like, it would be egotistical for me to say, and just straight up, why would I want to do that? If like, I don't have chemistry with the person that I'm working with. It's for their creative project. You want it to be the best. So you know, by me saying that I am a good producer because, you know, you need someone that matches you, you know, um, or who can like read your energy and, and know like what to do when, when you need something and like cater to that. So um, it's, I love it because it like, it help helping people makes me feel really good. And so like when I can help someone in a creative way, it like feeds my soul like no other. Um, but I don't, I never want to waste anybody's time. You know what I mean? Like I never want to make the sale like just because of that, because then I would feel like a fraud as an artist. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, and then maybe that's woo, a very woo woo of me, but like that I, I just like respect everyone's craft. And like, if you're trying, like you're trying, you know what I mean? But don't like, don't fake yourself or like, you know, fit, you know what I, just to, because you think working with me is going to mean something. You know what I mean? Totally. I mean, and I also feel like, I think I hold people to a pretty high standard. Yeah. Um, I feel that. And, or actually I don't, let me, let me rephrase. I don't necessarily, I don't think it's a high standard. I think it's, if this is something you really want to do, I can get you as far as I can get you, which is mm-hmm. pretty far. And, and then somebody who may be able to get you farther, that person will show up or whatever it is. But like, you know, here's what I can do for you. But if you don't show up, mm-hmm. if you don't put in everything, 
then yeah. my advice, my expertise, my contacts, all that, my equipment, everything, it means nothing. Right. So that's just really kind of my biggest thing. And I'm um, starting to take on like creative consult and coaching clients and even mm-hmm. like spiritual support kind of one-on-one. That's great. I love that. And that's going to kind of be my biggest like prereq with people, which is like, and I've also made my um, kind of like my price point a little bit higher because of that thing too. If you're mm-hmm. spending a little bit more, I know that your investment is going to be a little bit more because you're going to want to okay. show up. If I make something that's perhaps maybe more run of the mill or more affordable. I don't think I'm really like pricing on a lot of people, but meaning like no, if it's it more of an investment, though. yeah, right. you're it's valuing like, think... your time and like right. what you bring and all of your experience. That's part of like the dollar amount and someone who values you and like is investing in you because you're investing in them. That's not going to be an issue, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. And I just, I feel like, I feel like creativity is such a spiritual process. Mm-hmm that for me, they very much go hand in hand because for so long I've been like, so I'm interested to hear if any of this resonates with you, but I I feel like I've always been like, oh, I don't really know what to do because I have like my comedy stuff and then my spiritual stuff. And like, I don't know how any of this could possibly fit together. And now I'm like, oh, to me, like, you know, creativity is one of the most like spiritual things because it comes from your heart. It comes Mm. from you. It is a piece of you. And that's to me, I mean, Alex and I talk about this with stand-ups all the time that I was like, I would rather watch a stand-up get up there and bomb and tell me everything about them and the way they view the world mm-hmm. than hear somebody who has like really well-crafted Twitter jokes. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Can we leave that at home, please? Like, I'm just so, <laughs> I don't know if you're doing any stand-up right now or if you, if you're anything like that, but. I'm actually so happy that you brought this up. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're the perfect person to talk to about this. So I am, we'll call it a renaissance. Okay. We're going through a renaissance because I started comedy open mics, right? Air quotes in 2019. And I did it up until the pandemic started. And at that point I was already doing podcasting. I love comedy. I respect comedians and their craft and like getting up five times. Like I was doing the thing. Um, I could not get on board with like the Zoom comedy type shit. So like Mm -hmm. I I practice as much on this mic podcasting just to like stay fresh. I have done a total of two open mics since then, since February 2020. And I I just went on a bachelorette where I, uh, humble brag, was able to, you know, just kind of like bring people to a comedy club, whatever. And everybody loved it yay and the bride's mom today asked me if i would do comedy at her shower oh at the bridal shower at the bridal shower and i was like can i think about that because a i don't know if the bride knows and even wants that right (laughs) two it's not gonna be good (laughs) it's just not gonna be good and it's for me to write something specifically for this person that has no dick jokes like she wants it to be clean Mm. i'm like this is not i don't think this is the right time for me to do that i think maybe going and doing some mics because my soul feels like it needs to do that um might feel good but the last thing i want to do is like have my experience in front of like her grandmother you know in the daytime of all things you know what i mean but like, yeah. what, what would you do in that scenario? Do you feel similar? Oh yeah. I think it's a terrible idea, but yeah. I, 
thank God you if you no. decide to do it. Well, here's the thing. My You've gut already says set no. up. It, it, it's, it's, I think it's a setup failure situation because it's like, everybody feels this sense of like, okay, we got to like, like, even if, even if your set was killer, like this isn't about your aptitude as a comic, right? Yeah. It's just optics. First of all, doing a shower that's clean during the day, not a great setup. Nobody's going to go into that and just like crush be it. ready to laugh i was like do you right. want me to MC like when the presents are happening because like i right. don't mind being the public speaker but doing comedy sounds like a bad idea yeah yeah <laughs> and i love comedy well you know? and that's that's so cute and nice that she was like would you like to do this for us um but yeah i just yes i think uh the choice that you're making to say uh thank you no thank you maybe we could redirect yeah. I think is a very, a very smart move. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's I, just a bananas thing to be offered. And I was like, that's just, it's very sweet, but I'm like, ah, no, <laughs> just so much. No. And also aside from all that, like I, you'll probably understand what I mean like this. I feel like my throat chakra is a little bit blocked because mm -hmm. I go to want to like, not write a joke, but you know, like come up with premises and whatever. Not like I sit down to do it, but I'm just like, all right, today, let my mind go there or whatever. And it just doesn't happen like that for me. And I feel like the only way I'm going to get over that is just not even preparing and just going back to a mic and doing it because fuck it, who cares anyways. And like, I just want to speak what bothers me, like what's on my mind. Um, and rehearsing that to myself sounds weird i don't know yeah i don't I know that. that's just like the headspace i'm in right now which maybe that's not good but like i am thinking way more about doing it now that we're kind of like settled and stuff you know yeah i'm like really itching to get back on stage and because there's nowhere that i enjoy being more in the entire world but i felt like doing comedy in LA was making me worse. <laughs> um, it just was, cause it's like, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I just, I, I just know felt, exactly what you mean. It, it was just for like, you know, I didn't find my like generation, I yeah. guess of comics, you know? And I, I also knew where I was yeah. like, man, the shit I want to talk about on stage. I was like, nobody here. It's not the audience. Yeah. A lot of people here aren't listening. There's a lot of people who love crystals in LA. Yeah. A lot of people who love spiritual and they just, they don't, they're not on fucking planet earth. Yeah. And so I was like, I just, it felt where I was like, I felt I could feel it. I mean, comedy is an energy and I could yeah. feel where I was getting on stage and there was just nothing because if I, now, if I was 25 and I just moved there and I had it in me to hit open mic after open mic and show after show to build up, to maybe get past the comedy store, yeah, I could have stuck it out. But I was like, dude, I'm like, like, you know, mid thirties at this point. I'm fucking 30 now. Yeah. It's like to stay, I'm, I don't want to hang. You yeah. know what I mean? No, I'm not trying to hang. I no. don't drink like that anymore. Yeah. And like, if I don't, I don't, if I don't feel like smoking, I just don't want to feel like I have to do that. And like, that's the vibe. And I'm just not, I don't want to be part of that vibe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Unless I feel I, like it. <laughs> no, I get it. Where I was like, I, where I was like, now I'm sober. 
Yeah. And now I'm married. Yeah. And then I was like, I have no business being any of these places. So no one thinks I'm cool. No one, like no one, no one's going to be like, oh yeah. Oh, the married sober chick. Yeah. I want to fuck with her. Like nobody. I, mean, I don't know, know if that's true. I don't know if that's true, but I know what you mean. <laughs> no, you know what I mean? And, and so it was just, yeah, it was all of those, those factors in combination. And I was just like getting really discouraged but then I was even going into a lot of open mics or like the, you know, um, just into all those spaces and kind of what you were saying where you had to accept that the universe was offering you something different. That's yeah. what I had to accept. I was like, this isn't the place anymore. Yeah. And I feel like I'm just now over the grief of that. It's taken me like two years. Oh God. I feel so that dude. Like if one thing that New York, well, New York taught me so many things, but like the journey is through you know what i mean like i had to go there and do those things so that i could effectively do it for myself because if you don't have experience and if you're not able like it's amazing what people can do if they just fucking do it you know what i mean and like i'm from born and raised like boston through and through like gross like real boston you know <laughs> And I just, the thought of going to New York and living there was just wrong. Like, <laughs> it was just wrong. And I'm like, there's so many amazing comics from Boston and blah, blah, blah. Like, so what? New York's the Mecca and like, whatever. And then like, uh, fucking pandemic happened and like opportunities came up and I had a lot of amazing opportunities that I would never have got that shaped me and just changed me and I learned so many things and people respect you for that and it's like I went from being like I'm gonna try this because I enjoy being in a dark basement yelling into the abyss and then kind of hearing that somebody agrees in the background like that is what I enjoy so if I can like make sense of all that and like do something with it that's fucking awesome and like I don't know. I just, I miss that feeling and hopefully I can like get that back, which I'm sure I will, but you know, take some time. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think so. And I, you know, I think it's, it's, I don't know. So I started comedy doing second city. That was my thing. Like I always did characters and stuff Amazing. like that. And um, so I was like, I don't know if it was when I was doing characters, like I could be as big on stage, I could be as loud. And then when it came to being myself, there was this sense of vulnerability now that I look back and I didn't know what to present because I didn't know who I was. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. And, and so now that, and I think that was a lot of like the, I couldn't figure out stand up in LA because I still didn't fully know what I was saying because mm -hmm. when you talk about having that throat chakra blocked like for me I think it was I knew what I wanted to say yeah. but I was scared how it was going to sound or I was scared this isn't what we want to hear about mm -hmm. or any of that so I feel like you know making reels everything I put out on my Instagram now it's just a way for me to get like more and more and more and more comfortable talking I about love the types your of reels things. by the way thanks love them so much um it's just such a way for me to like keep testing the waters of like, this is people want to hear this, right? Yeah. You guys, you guys are on board. Totally. And, and then, and then really just the stage version, right. Is, is a running order and just figuring out how to add in more jokes. I mean, yeah. that's because 
that's all it is. Cause I'm like, I don't think I have to tell jokes the same way. And that was the thing I think LA fucked me up with comedy because to me, the best comics one who gets on stage and you're like, what the fuck was that? You know, <laughs> I've never seen that before. Right. Absolutely. Dude. Right? I love I when someone's kind of- yelling at me and then like talking to no one at the same time. Yeah. Got they're it. like on chairs and shit. Yeah. And you're like, who is this guy? Yeah. You know, <laughs> took the bus in from like, you know, it's like, well, who is this guy? Yeah. Um, and I think I lost that because it it was like what the cool way to do stand up is. Mm. And I don't think like a lot of people like to talk about that because you're either like in the whatever the cool thing is, yeah, or you're not. So if you're not in it, then you're just like a hater because you're not in it. It's like I don't really think it's that cut and dry. Yeah, I'm not hating on what's being done. There's plenty of comics I'm good friends with that are wildly successful, that are fucking incredible, right? Yeah. Um, It was just that I, for whatever reason, couldn't find my footing. Like my transitional period happened at this specific time. So I really enjoyed hearing you say where it was like, you feel like you're in this renaissance because I feel the same way where like, you know, like I was talking about with starting this podcast. Oh, that's how we started because you like my new setup. And I was saying where- I was like, I don't have my setup yet. I don't have, I'm, I'm not even, on, I'm not on Riverside. I'm still yeah. using Zoom. Yeah. You know, the audio is not great. And I'm like, we're just going to start. We're just yeah. going to start. Yeah. And then we can slowly, you know, it's like the studio is being built downstairs. I'm like, so stoked for my setup. I mean, I got this, so exciting. I got All a pink these... velvet chair on the way and wow. I'm so excited for it. A throne, if you will. I mean, I'm so excited and I'm just going to go so basic white woman and I'm getting mm-hmm. the neon the neon sign. Oh, we have one of those, but it you no longer can see it behind me, but I don't care because yeah, I got yeah. my disco ball and that's all that matters. It. I love <laughs> it. Yeah. So it was just kind of that like ownership in that sense of, I think because I feel in this renaissance and I'm like, just want, like, I feel like my creativity just kind of like spills out everywhere some days, Yeah. yeah. you know, where it's like, and that's why I always love watching your stuff where it's like, oh, she, like she paints and she does this thing. And she does, you know, like, thank you. Kind of what, of course, like what that feels like to exercise all the different parts of you creatively. Yeah. I mean, it, I have to do that. I, I think like something that I learned, especially in the last like five years, I mean, definitely when I started comedy, but like, I, I have to like reconnect with myself often because I give myself away a lot and I have like a lot of people pleasing tendencies and I have like, what do you know what I mean? All the things. And you, I want to be that way. Like I want to make people comfortable and like hospitable or whatever. Um, but I just constantly was like doing shit for other people. So like when I want to dabble and like be creative, uh, I need to do something to like shift I can't do the same thing. I have to like shift my mind into another task to like bump it back into like the other thing. So like I used to play piano like as a kid, not for very many years, but I just remember enjoying it and I love music and like I live with a musician and audio engineer. So I've just been re-inspired and like, you know, we now have the space to have like a little keyboard. So whenever I'm feeling stuck creatively, like with my art, I just like, try to learn a song or like the beginning or something like that. And like, that is almost enough. I'm not trying to be a pianist. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to do something cool because my mind needs paving. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I think it's just like a lot of paving 
things forward and like changing the cycle in my mind. Um, like I come from like an immigrant background and like most of my family also is in either some kind of business or like medicine or something. So like, I always feel like I have to be justifying that I'm doing something good creatively and like mm -hmm. making money from it when that's not always what you need to do. Like if you put uh, the bag on top of like all of your art, then it's not no longer art and it's not fun anymore. So like you have to have a different outlet if you're gonna like make a life of your creative art, you know, in any capacity. So I do that, watch documentaries, like. Ooh. Get you at know. me. What documentaries are you into right now? Oh, so right now I'm watching How to Change Your Mind, actually. I've only watched the first episode so far. It's on Netflix, um, but it's like kind of about like psychedelic -y type drugs. and like. Oh, whatever. I watched it. Oh, yeah. I watched it. So good. Um, I, I love shit like that just because I'm the brain is really fascinating to me. I feel like I talk a lot about like psychedelics and like drugs and stuff. I'm not. I don't do that a lot. I think it just like comes out in my art because I just I find the brain so interesting and like what it decides to bring to the forefront of your mind. You know what I mean? So yeah. I just like learning about it and, um, you know, like depression and anxiety and all that PTSD, like that is all part of my family. And like I just want to learn more so that I can break the cycle myself. So like I love like watching and reading that kind of stuff. Um, and then I, I'm really into like, like biopic type documentary stuff. Like Montage of Heck is um, about uh, fucking Kurt Cobain, um, mm. which is so good because he's such an artist, was such an artist in his own right. Um, and like just people like in the industry, but like maybe not necessarily a comedy. I just yeah. find so interesting like their journey and like, everyone kind of goes through something similar. Like we're all the same, you know, so yeah. it's just good to reiterate, you yeah. know? Well, that's, I, it's funny. Cause I have some bits that I've been like working out that I want to do on stage. It's similar where I was like, why, why do we all want to be high achievers? Have you ever seen a documentary about oh the person God. who was number one in their field? They, they were number one because they hated themselves, yeah. you know? I'm like, everybody should just try to be mediocre. Those people seem to be okay. You yeah. know, they shop at Kmart you know, yeah. they're okay with little Caesars. They're doing just fine. I don't know why you don't need to be the best at everything. And, yeah. but it is true. And I, I think going back to what you're talking about with like the brain and psychedelics, I think, um, I've talked about this a lot on the podcast. So if you regularly listen, I apologize. <laughs> um, but that's been my big thing of like trying to figure out how to, um, decrease my own triggers. Mm -hmm. Stay with me. So meaning like, yeah, if, so many people in the field are like, oh, psychedelics are just people want to be able to do drugs or like, you know, and like all of that. And it makes me so bad shit because I'm like, why, why do you have that point of view? Why is that your opinion? Mm -hmm. And so I've, I've really had to work towards feeling that anger and then being able to go, we don't need it right now, but we know <laughs> that it's there. And then being able to ask, like, I mean, A, I've also learned like the, my, my purpose is to make an impact hopefully, but my purpose is not to change minds. Yeah. My job is not to change other people's minds. hundred percent. And so I think like, it, right. Like accepting that and being like, my job is to offer a different perspective. Yeah. But my job is not to change minds, but it's like, yeah. I, I mean, I think psychedelics are, um, 
in the way if they were handled correctly, right? I mean, all of these things. Then the other shitty thing is like, as soon as they become somewhat regulated, you know, yeah. then pharma's gonna, you know, ruin it and whatever. Yeah. But there is just so much that we are missing out on. And I feel the same way because I talk about this with, um, I have a lot of addicts and alcoholics in my family and that are close to me. Same. And, you know, yeah. And it's so much, Shout I mean, out. even my own drinking and people are like, uh, you know, whenever you hear it, it's like, oh, well, they just, why couldn't they just stay sober? And I'm like, that is the most. Not how it works. Not like, how it works. <laughs> I, I wish that's and, how it worked. Right. I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. What an idiot of them to not, you know, where it's like, first of all, these are chemicals that change your brain over time. Mm -hmm. And nine times out of 10, at least in my experience, yes, there's alcoholism in, in addicts, according to, you know, the book, if you do AA and whatever, and everybody has their own definition. Mm -hmm. I found that most of the time it's generational because people are keeping the same secrets. Yeah because the people before them kept secrets and it was about shame and it was about, you know, whatever else it was, or, you know, it's about survival. So that's what you do. And then that's what you learn. And it just keeps going. Mm -hmm. So it's like, there is so much of these things that aren't even chemical. It's internal work. When you talk about like, you know, shifting, making this generational shift. Yeah. Like Post-generational trauma is a real fucking thing. And like my ancestors went through genocide. My dad was a refugee. Like that like survival mentality and all the things along with it that you grow up and you're like, oh, this is normal. Everybody, every family does this. Like, and then you get out and you're like, oh no, <laughs> that's not normal. And like, if I wanna participate in that, I can. And if I don't want to, like, that's not my parts, you know? So like, I, yeah, I feel you. <laughs> where's your Where's your family from? So I'm Armenian. Okay. Um, my dad, so my grandfather, my dad's dad, um, was a genocide survivor and then escaped, uh, was like orphaned and escaped to Palestine. My, and then his mom, um, my dad's mom was born in Egypt. We don't know where, uh, and somehow made it to Palestine and somehow they, they got together, uh, which is where my dad was born. Um, and then world war II started. <laughs> and then uh they had to flee so like you know the middle east is where sort of my family comes from my mom was born here but like her parents and grandparents were all born in like that same area uh but you know just like learning about that all your life and like certain like behaviors and stuff like you really have to as you get older you like you have to realize <laughs> you know what part what's what's your parent and like what's you you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I found like, how do I leave space for their process, but also choose differently for myself? Comedy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I found. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't think you're wrong. You know? it's like, <laughs> yeah. But I mean that, I think that's the other tool that I really want to hit with comedy, which is like, and listen, I know there's the people out there that are like, stop comedy can just be comedy you don't have yeah. to be like this is my worldview of course. and I'm here for that I would also argue that the amount of people that can actually deliver that type of comedy and be successful is very small yeah so it's easy to be Tim Dillon on the mic being like all these comics need to stop you know <laughs> fucking talking about their feelings and shit like I'm here for that but also like when was the last time you were in an open mic it's yeah. everybody who's trying to like be edgy or be you know and it's just like 
you guys do not have the skills to try right. to do this. Um, right. But I do really think that comedy is, I mean, the reason I learned how to be funny was because it was disarming. Yeah. That if I could make you laugh, then I could make you like me. Mm-hmm. You know, I could, if I could make you laugh, I could make you not see how scared I was or how it's insecure just I like was. an Instagram caption. If you really think about it, the funnier yes. it is, the more likes you get. That's how I felt about like my whole life as well. Like I always loved trying to make someone laugh. Like that was the end goal. Then like we probably are friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I, so it's like, I, I feel like it is this teaching ability that we don't fully take advantage of, I think. And so that's why like my whole thing has been like, I want to figure out how do I like use that to the best of my ability? Cause that's like, my whole thing is like wanting to make spirituality mainstream. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think it's insane awesome. that we identify people who are spiritual as like other, I think that's what the fuck are the rest of you guys walking around doing? What are we doing here? It's so hard to like label that. Like, I can't, like, I grew up like religious, like Armenians are pretty religious and like my parents are too. And I mean, I was Sunday school valedictorian dude, but like, a, <laughs> you know, Mazel. Good for like you. that Good doesn't for make you. any sense though. Cause like I went off to college or just like got, I separated myself from that community for a bit because I was feeling wronged <laughs> and like bullied and shit. And I'm like, uh, being spiritual doesn't have to be like going to church or like go- doing whatever, like you can have your own conversations with the greater beings the force, if you will. You know what I mean? And like guide your way. Cause all the, again, all the same anyway, like all religion, spirituality, it's like, we're all praying to the same thing, you know? And we're all focusing and manifesting and asking of the same thing. So like, as long as you're being a good fucking person and trying to like give back, like that's, that's what being like spiritual to me at its core is, you know? So drives me bananas this shit drives me bananas. no i agree i mean especially the whole thing where i'm like you guys you guys all know that you're playing praying the same person yeah, right? yeah. We are, are we all we don't do we know that yet really um, they didn't get the memo and somehow we like no. all talk about it all the time like well and the other part of it for me is where i'm like there are also multiple so i have a lot of christians in my family and it's mm. like there's also like many other spiritual modalities that you're welcome to that isn't like the Bible. And it doesn't yeah. mean that it's evil or wrong to seek other things outside. The Bible is a text. It's there to serve as like, um, their stories, their parables. It's a teaching tool. But mm-hmm. if that's the only way that you know how to connect with God, I, I would question, it's not my place, but you know, for purposes of conversation, <laughs> I would question, it's like, then what is your true relationship? Because if it lives or dies by this text, that was written by somebody else. It's it's the telling of their spiritual experience. Mm-hmm. That's so true. How strong is that bond? That's because so you you should be seeking your own. And to me, it's like one of the most spiritual things in the world is just being outside. Yeah. You know? Oh, isn't it nice? It's so nice. Especially after leaving a big city where there's like a green space and it's not it's a patch of like in the middle of the mall that's been like pissed and shit on by like all of the dogs that are better dressed than me like you know what i mean yeah uh it was just it was something but like yeah being outside and like connecting in that way is so healing too 
And I just, I think that's for me where I'm really on this journey of like, it's okay to be soft. Like, I think I said this recently on one of my episodes, but I was talking to somebody and I was like, my biggest fear from not being like, I'm only a stand up, I'm a comic, don't like, was that then somehow I would like lose my funny if I was presenting yeah. something else along with, hey, I'm also funny. This is like a huge part of my identity. And, and really, I feel like my gift center. Mm-hmm. I feel like the way in which I communicate and I connect with people is through humor. Yeah. And, but I've had to acknowledge now, like, that's not separate, that's from my heart. So, mm-hmm the more, like, I feel like my heart shock are you talking about, like, I feel like it's been blocked for so long. Wow. And I actually credit a lot of that to my son of like having my son just like, like, you know, it was just like dynamite. It was like, yeah. that shit open. But I think that, you know, when we talk about wanting to make an impact or healing, like that doesn't have to be like, kumbaya, my Lord, right. like, we don't all have to dress in white and like meet in Malibu, you know, like there's just, <laughs> and I'm, listen, I'm on board for all those things, but I think that's so much of what I'm wanting to make the impact and let people know, which is like, it's as simple as checking in with yourself in the car before you go into work on a Monday. It's yeah. as simple as like, we're planning this family vacation. Is that really what we want to do? Or are we like putting all this money into something? Cause we want everyone else to know that we took this vacation. Like it's simple self-awareness or what are you doing to nurture yourself Yeah, so that you're getting the most out of this beautiful human experience and are you connected to the people around you? And, you know, it is so many of us are breaking these generational traumas Mm -hmm. and yeah, I mean, how do we honor our ancestors are even very near, you know, grandmas and grandpas, moms and dads that Mm -hmm. didn't have the opportunities that we have. Like that's something I think about a lot. I feel like it's my job to live as boldly as I can, because the only reason I have this opportunity is because each person did more and tried harder. And I feel like I would be throwing away their hard work and their trauma and the stuff that they had to go through having this runway and not utilizing it. Yeah. I totally feel that. I feel that way a lot, actually. Like just, and it's wanting to out of like genuinely wanting to honor that, you know what I mean? Like without breaking the tradition, you know what I mean? Like, uh, and I'm like a big, I kind of like traditions, you know what I mean? Like I like rituals. I think they're cool. A lot of them, a lot of the time there's something sparkling at them. You know what I mean? So it's fun, (laughs) you know, but like, this is just kind of like a, a, a sweet example, but every year for my entire life, my mom's side of the family would make like gingerbread houses together. And we'd go over to my aunt's house and like for the last 25 years, like that's what it was. And now she's like getting older. Her kids are older. We're all adults. And like, it just is a lot. And between that and like the pandemic, it kind of like stopped in like the last two years. But two things i just wouldn't let go i'm like we have zoom so we can do it together still and then now i mean i would have offered to have it in my tiny apartment in new york but like not everyone's gonna fit but now i have the opportunity like in my own home to like carry on that tradition in my own way but like we're still doing it you know so 
I, I like talked to my cousins about that and they were like really excited. So I just, even in the, like your home life, I just feel like starting there and like those little tiny things will trickle over into like the rest of what you do. And I, I feel like I had lost that actually in the last like year and a half or so. And it's just starting to come back. Like, um, I was actually a little quick, little segue. Sure. I was in, um, Austin this past weekend and I happened to like be able to visit one of my comedy friends just like by happenstance. And we were also talking about this like similar thing about like being on stage and like all this stuff. But like I met her at her house and before we went to an open mic, we had a charcuterie board and like she's like, <laughs> I do this every day at four o'clock. And I'm like, that's fantastic. And then you go do comedy. Why couldn't I just like nicely do that for myself? I can't take like 15 minutes to have a cute snack and like make that a ritual. It doesn't have to be starting my morning with yoga and like saging the apartment, which I have done recently, <laughs> you know, but still it, you can find these little like pockets, I think. And it's just like being open to the pocket, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Staying open to the pocket. Yeah. Oof. oof. It's clip worthy. Watch out Instagram. <laughs> I, um, I do though. I, I love that because I feel like um, especially now with having a kid. So important. So hard. Yeah. I'm sure. Well, and every day is different. Yeah. So it's like, you know, um, I used to be a big fan of like ritual baths. Oh. That's still one that I love, love a ritual yeah. bath. Um, and, but I agree where it's like, anything can be a ritual. Mm -hmm. If you, if you stop and like you're, because really what a ritual is right. In my opinion, is like, you're just giving the action meaning. Mm -hmm. So you're slowing down enough to give the action meaning and you don't always get to choose what you do in a day, but you do get to choose how you do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and that's like been the biggest thing for Alex and I lately, where it's like, we are so blessed to be in the chaotic season that we're in. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I'm just like, we just got to be okay with like some days we're going to be like vibing that we got all this going on. And some days we're going to feel like our head is, you know, below water and like, yeah. that's okay too. Um, it's funny. I, I just kept thinking about this, but when you talked about like, like rituals and traditions, I really, this is like pretty cheese for me, but, um, when I always thought I'd be a person where it's like, I'm going to write my own vows. And I realized where I was like, first of all, I'm a woman of many words. So I'm like, what would I even say, you know, <laughs> to the man I'm like devoting my life to, like, mm -hmm. what do you say? You know, yeah. like, guess this is it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, now it's your turn. What did you write? Yeah. Um, He's like, same, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, well, let's do it. Um, no. But there was something very sacred to me about saying the same words and the same vows that have been said over and over and over again. Now there's something to be said of like, then does it lose its like potency? Maybe, but like as somebody who does believe in the idea of like spells, mm -hmm. right? And not meaning like over a cauldron, which it could be, hi witches. Um, <laughs> But just, hey, um, but just the idea of like really allowing your words to have weight and what yeah. that means. And I would definitely say that was like one of 
like the cooler experiences of my life was just like the wedding ceremony oh, itself. I feel like weddings are very overrated, but the, the I'm happy you brought this up because I have questions, but okay. go on. Okay. <laughs> uh, but I did feel like the ceremony itself really did feel it felt inclusive and it did feel kind of like this time and space that was held to create this essentially like new energetic space in the universe of like, okay, this is now like our orbit. This is like yeah. what we do together and what, you know, and Alex and I both take up a lot of space, both, both like physically and energetically. So, you know, uh, it only makes sense that we got married, um, overlooking like a gorge because yeah. we needed a lot of space. Um, I love that you said that, <laughs> but, uh, anyway, yeah, that was just it. When I was thinking, when you were talking about, you know, rituals and traditions, and I was, I was thinking about, I think that there's, um, a lot to honoring tradition. Yeah. It's so funny that you like bring up that the, taking up the space too. Cause like at this bachelorette, like I'm the only not married one, but like have a partner and just, you know, everybody kind of like naturally shifts to asking you questions. Cause like everyone's already done their thing. So like they want to know the next thing. And I came back from that trip and I was like, do I even want a big, like, I don't want a wedding. I want a life. So what can I do? Can I just have like a 25 person thing of the people that I care about? Like, that's it. I mean, like, this isn't even a conversation yet, but like, you know, like you talk about that with your partner and he's like, yeah, dude, like, I don't want people that I don't give a fuck about there. And that is what everybody says. So cool. Like I'll do that then. You know what I mean? And just find my own gorge. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. You know? I think, you know, we ended up doing that because of the pandemic and it was one of the best things that happened because we had a huge I mean, wedding plan in LA and then that yeah. got, you know, scorched. And then we did 18 people at a villa in Palm Desert. Oh, dude. Yes. Yes. I mean, there were certainly some relationships that I was like sad to not have there, but we, we did a live, a live stream on Facebook okay. and one of the best choices we made because everybody, Aww. everybody felt like they got to be a part of it. And people said beautiful, beautiful messages. So I know that they Aww. were very happy to be a part of it, Yeah, but it's also like, it probably meant more. And I probably engaged with those people more later than I would have, if they were all physically there. Totally. And I think that there's also something to this, like more, more, more culture where it was like, we have to have these like ultra extravagant weddings I've just and like, never been into it honestly and like maybe that makes me less girly but I mean I don't give a fuck like I just you know what I could do with that money this morning well, yeah alone I looked up the cost the general cost between a wedding in Massachusetts and Italy and it was like a $12,000 cheaper distance or dollar amount to go to Italy like yeah what that makes no just it just no you know what i mean yeah so, i mean go get a villa in italy and fill it with your people and call it i'm telling you it was i'll live stream it on youtube you know there subscribe we go. Well, to this channel we'll do something clips i don't know i'll be there i'll MC it i'll MC yeah. the the all right guys uh they're getting ready to tie the night in about 20 minutes so stay tuned oh my god here's like, some what, jams what would i even say in that situation <laughs> you know <laughs> i mean anyways but, but no i you know i, I definitely Or, or even I think that like, and maybe it's just my personality, um, 
but the ceremony part did feel like so sacred that it was like, I'm glad I had like a little time to kind of like process that. So even if people were like, we want to do a very small wedding and then like a week later, do a big party or something, or even we're like this last weekend, we were in DC and went to a friend's, um, they've already been married. They got married two years ago, but they couldn't get their refund on this place. So they threw a party two years later. And I was like, this is the best way. I was like, this is the best wedding, not wedding I've ever been to because you got all the bells and whistles. Yeah. But we didn't have to do all the things. And they still said like a beautiful speech. Thank you. Like, thank you everybody for being here. And like, now they have a son and like, it was so beautiful, but like, we still got this amazing band, you know, and like ice cream and like all the things. I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly that. It's like making it their own thing. Like that's the circumstance, which, you know, whatever. And like, they didn't choose that, but they did choose to get married when they, on their terms and then do whatever they wanted with that. You know what I mean? So I feel like that can be applied to like any of the traditions that we sort of like are faced with and like need to shift them, adjust them to become our own, you know, like loosen the belt so that fits for you, you know? And just enjoy it for yourself. Yeah. Cause that's the other thing I've realized. And like, I mean, this in the most sincere way, but it's like, nobody else gives a shit about your life. Yeah. They really don't. I know. They really don't. And cause I was thinking about that as like my goals and my purpose. Well, my purpose has always been the same, but the doing enough inner work and doing the grief work too, to allow myself to step into what I'm really supposed to be doing where I was like, have I only been chasing the same thing? Cause then I thought if I really achieved this thing, then everyone would see me. And I had this thought, but I was like, then what happens if you did achieve it? And everybody still responds to you in the same way, mm-hmm. because ultimately that's exactly what would happen. Yep. Doesn't matter. It's like, oh, she won an Emmy or, oh, she was on this thing or oh, not even to say that I'm not going to block my blessings. That could still happen. Um, but I'm just saying like, whatever the thing was, where it was like, oh, if I achieved this, mm-hmm. then everyone will see, oh, LaForce is really good. Or, oh, she really did do it. It's that hardworking thing of like, notice me, notice me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm talking about work smarter, not harder. Fuck. Oh, no yeah. one's paying attention. <laughs> like do the thing that's for you. See yourself, see mm-hmm. like, you know, see your Renaissance Mm-hmm. And how do we, you know, like you were saying, it's like, find your pocket and it's like, play to that, that that's the thing. Totally. So I, you know, that whole speech, I'll step off my soapbox <laughs> was the same thing for weddings or like any of those things, having a family or not having a family or like, um, or everybody, you can have a family without having yeah. children. Let me rephrase. But, yeah. um, like whether you choose to have children or you adopt or foster, or like if your animals are your babies, like whatever, I, I, that's just such a, another part of this impact that I really want to leave, which is like why we keep all bossing at each other. Like everybody is supposed to do it the same way. You know, you go back to talking about the way that our brains work and our, you know, our traumas and our, like all of these things. And then these people that we all think we're supposed to be like they're celebrities they're influencers. And then you watch their documentary and they were wildly unhappy the whole time. Yeah. I mean, just even basic, like your people that you surround yourself with and your friends and like, people who are supposed to be your friends or whatever. And I mean, when you're going through like a rebirth, it's very probable that someone close to you isn't going to like it and isn't going to, and you're going to wonder why they aren't being supportive and like that it might make you question, but like 
that should uh, I feel like that should feed the fire even more to do it. You know, like the more people that were like, the more that I felt like myself in the last two years, the more like sort of meaningful or significant relationships that I've had in the past sort of dwindled away or like we got invite because whatever. And it's just like, hey, man, like this is who I always really have been. And this is who I'm going to be. And this is who I'm choosing to be. I feel like I'm a good person. And if you want to be around for that, that's cool. Um, you know, FaceTime's not enough. I'm sorry. Like, you know what I mean? It's just you have to be okay with you and and then notice when like when you're being you the people who are saying oh that's not you you know fuck those people you well know? i agree and i think it totally even ties back into what we were talking about at the top of the episode of like when you are attracting clients mm-hmm. because not everybody's going to want to work with you yep and not okay. everybody's going to be a creative match and it's it's the same way especially with our with our inner circle i mean i that resonates with me so much i mean i lost like lifelong best yeah, friends yeah me too me too you know Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is, you know, sage old story. Many which people is hilarious it, right? because, you know, uh, for so long, it's like, well, you supported me following my dreams. What happened? Did something happen overnight? Did you not yeah. let me know? Let a bitch know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as painful as it is, because that's that's the other thing that I tell people where I'm like, if you work with me, we're going to grow and we're going to go big. And I will help you as much as I can make all of your wildest dreams come true. Mm. But I'm also going to let you know that this is going to be very hard work and it's going to be very painful. And there's going to be times where you might have to pause or we might have to stop, or you think you're farther ahead and then you wake up one day and you're hit with this wave of grief. And that's a part of this success too. That's a part of this work too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's also the thing though, whenever I hit those snags or another person falls off or whatever. It's that, that feeling of, well, I guess I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there is a sense of like, that is the evidence because I've found the more that I've walked on this journey, almost five years now, it's like, there's always something that comes in to replace it. And not meaning that like every, you know, thing needs to be replaced, but meaning like energetically, because when you're something showing up differently, grow. yeah, yeah that if you're showing up differently, then you're going to attract differently, mm-hmm. you know? Totally. And I mean, especially it's like when we were talking about, I was like, yeah, I love your brand. It's too, I know it's very silly. Like, of course, you know, two women in business where it's like, oh, love your branding. <laughs> um, <laughs> but right. But it's like, it's specific. It feels like you, it feels authentic. It's like, it's Thank attractive. You. I want to know more about it. Thank you. And it's like, that's just the thing. So I, you know, I'm so grateful that you talked to me today and I wanted to talk to you. Cause I was just of like, course. I, the, the people like that, that I feel like are stepping out, that are doing something, that are trying something different. Um, there are a lot of us out there, but I know sometimes, at least in my experience, it feels a little lonely sometimes. Totally. So, you know, sometimes the stuff with these, uh, podcasts just feels like being the shepherd and I'm like, come hither. I'm (laughs) also, I'm also, you know, feeling like a spiritual black sheep. So, you know, oh my God have you i'll just uh last thing and i know we'll probably have to cap soon but no, have fine. you um listened to queen herbie at all no okay you need to like tap into her shit because i feel like you would enjoy sort of the concepts that she like sings and raps about and stuff okay she also has a song called black sheep too which get some tissues before you listen to that but her latest album is called mad queen listen to it in order 
if you can and it i feel like you'll it's a lot it talks a lot about what we just talked about wait hold on like musical rap okay it's called queen herbie queen herbie but queen is spelled q v like the like the black metal way q v e e n herbie hold on pause everyone's like what rachel everybody go look her up also as rachel is doing this oh okay okay fierce if you're listening to this podcast i feel like you'll very much appreciate i'm following i just want to make sure i didn't do it now yeah she looks she looks fierce and i i think that's the other thing too like and and i'll ask you this which is like what do you feel like you're most excited about that's next for you like i've i don't know if you um this by the time this comes out will be way past this kind of leo season okay. and the lion's portal and all of that but um <laughs> there's and i don't know how much you subscribe uh <laughs> as we have these holy days uh kind of this week but i i do always use it as an opportunity i mean again like we're talking about the bible it's like doesn't mean they have to follow that thing specifically it's there as a guide so yeah. that's typically how i like to use a lot of astrology and things like that, which is just like, this is just another opportunity for me to do something different. Right. Um, and I feel like I was just thinking about this with the, um, with this music suggestion of like, you know, again, with like getting my backdrop set up and like Mm -hmm. getting in a place where like, I'm doing my content on the same day. So like, you know, I'm a mom, we work from home. Like I don't have time to do my hair and makeup. I don't either. And I'm not even a mom. It's just, (laughs) you know what I mean? (laughs) But it's like, you know, I, I want to get to that place. I I want to feel like I'm really kind of, you know, sending out this frequency in a sense. So that's something I'm really excited about of, even though I feel like, I'm like, God, I've been at this five years and like, this is as far as I've gotten. But at the same time, it's like, oh my God, you've moved mountains, mm-hmm. actual fucking mountains. So I'm really excited to kind of slowly be walking into uh, the place that I could see in my mind's eye so long ago. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious kind of where you are with your process. What is it that you're looking forward to um, kind of in the not so distant future? Yeah. Uh, thank you for asking. I mean, I love that question. I feel so, uh, we briefly talked about my coloring book, so I am being very critical of it. So I haven't like advertised it as much (laughs) as I would like, but by the time this podcast comes up, I'll have links and stuff and I'll send it to you. But, um, I really just, I I want that series to, be brought forward. Um, the, I, you know, I finished the coloring book, so I'm kind of like on to like the next quote unquote project, but what I would like to do is create different spaces, things, products like that, that like help people separate from themselves a little bit and like be Mm -hmm. introspective. So just like talk about the coloring book for a second. It, I actually started the concept came from after my first mushroom trip or experience and in trip, but like experience where I was very scared of mushrooms for a really long time. I didn't want to do them, but I knew if I ever did them, I just wanted to like be in a space and draw. So I had done that and I was drawing on postcard sized like pieces of paper. And the next morning I like jokingly was like, oh, postcards for my trip. And I'm like a big travel nerd and shit. So it was like kind of funny to me and it just looked like a coloring book page so i started with creating 12 pages and i wanted it to be meaningful so it the like if you if you're looking at it like side by side one side is like the part that you color and the other is the back of a 
postcard that I made mm. that sort of has like an intention with it that like sort of guides you with like that page. So I really want to just push that forward. But like my big goal within the next couple years is to have a series of mine in an Art Basel show. Okay. So I really, I want that to happen so bad. Um, but it, I just really started taking myself seriously as an artist in that way in like the last like two years. So I'm just like coming up with meaningful series of art that you'll see from me. I, some stuff that I've started is sort of like a commentary on like take your meds and like things like that. So, um, but from a different perspective, from my perspective. So definitely look out for like my different types of art and like how I'm making them into something that's not just what you can hang on your wall. And I am trying to get more into, I mean, I'm doing this, but more into like set design. Um, my, my background is in interior design and architecture. So I did that for 10 years before anything comedy. And um, in the last three years of design, like several podcast studios, and then I was the art director for the Guys We Fuck Girls, their special, our special day, it's called. Look it up on YouTube, it's free. Um, but I was the only person building the set that day, built it three times, and it, I would love to do that again. So like I am manifesting that more people will asked me to be a part of their comedy special in the set design way as well. Okay. Um, so I'm just those two things like I'm really pushing forward in my mind. So yeah. Okay. Cool. Well I'll yeah. send people your way. Please. Thank you. I also as you're talking, especially when you said taking your meds, I just saw this um like series of uh either like paintings or in like a coloring book, but they're all different medicine bottles. Ooh. So like each one like you know, it's supposed to be for a different thing, but it's like, it's not really about our depression. It's about our depression that makes us. So it's like, this makes you make your bed. Yeah. This pill makes you, you know, like take a shower, like all of those different things. And like, what do each of those medicine bottles look like? Or what does yeah. that represent? So anyway, that was just a vision I had when you were sharing. Yeah. Um, and our big goal is to open up a brick and mortar studio here in Atlanta um, and with the hope of, if we find a warehouse space, that's big enough on the one side, we want to open a small comedy black box Oh, cool! Um, because you don't open a comedy theater because they don't make money. But if the main part of your money is the production studio, so mm -hmm. you're cool to break even. Yeah. Um, so once we do that, we're going to start bringing out, um, probably all of our comics from, you know, New York and just run through all of our friends first and being oh, like, yeah. Hey, we can pay you. We can put you up. Like, can you do us a favor and like, you know, come through. Yeah. Um, but we'll need uh set design and stuff for that. Cause that's what I would love to do is like having a different background, almost like seasonally. Yeah. So, you know, we kind of like slowly change it up. And, um, and then we would love to start where people do their specials there too. So, oh my God. um, yeah. I will even keep you in mind for all of those things. Please do. Thank you. And, and have you do that. Of course. Amazing. I mean, I always say where it's like, you know, I love to keep, uh, you know, money in the family, meaning I always love to be able Hell to yeah, like, hire friends. Mm -hmm. um, and I certainly, you know, I think Alex and I, I think I underestimate sometimes how much I identify as like a connector. I like to connect mm -hmm. to different people. And I mostly just love to see people being able to, utilize their creativity mm -hmm. and especially when it's like you know if I'm like oh this person's super creative and I love and then yeah. this person's super creative and I love it you know it feels yeah. like Captain Planet when everybody yeah. gets to 
play. Uh, <laughs> well, this is awesome. And as soon as your coloring book uh, goes up for sale, let me know. I will send um, you a link. Because I love nothing more than just like chilling out. At, Thank you. Know. you. So even if I throw one in the car, it just it's like the oh, yeah. few quiet times that I have, it's like the best way for me to turn off my brain. Ooh, I um, also just mentioned with that coloring book too, because I have it right next to me. <gasps> so preview, preview. I also... I've also made candles that go with each page. So there it's like a candle of the month situation. But for example, this is the uh, seventh candle in the series. So like for the seventh page. Okay. Kinda... What's the name of it? Ooh, so the name of the book is Postcards from My Trip. But the name of this one is Just Hang On, Man. And the Ooh. scent is Blueberry and Thyme. Hold on, let me nice. see if I can... We can... Those I don't know gorgeous. if we can do this in post, but there is a picture there. Just my lights. Oh, I see. I see. Very, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I will send you the actual image if you want to pop it up or anything. Ooh. Yeah, please do. Please do. Um, well, cool. Yeah, you have all these. So all of these things going on. Tell us again where we can find you, all the different oh, yes. places. And again, all these will be in the show notes. Uh, there'll be plenty of fun uh, clips that I'll throw out. Uh, from this episode as well. Um, so I always apologize to people in advance that like, there was like, oh, tag me. And I'm like, yeah, no, I will. For like a week and a half, you're going to yeah. constantly tag Collab with me. I don't give a fuck. Do it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, tell us where can we find you? Where can we support you? Where can we hire you? All those things. Oh my God. Thank you. Um, You can find me on Instagram at Andy underscore Moosh um, for all, all, I just announced shit on there. All of my stuff is on there. But if you want to be more specific, you can go to animushmedia.com. That's my website. That's where I have my store. Um, I also have a business with my partner, Irish. The name of the business is Too Much Content because that is what we deal with. Um, too Much Content. So you can follow us at toomuchcontent.live on Instagram. That's also our website. It's under construction right now. But all of our new and exciting things will be up there soon. Um, but if you just want to follow like podcast tips and just content tips, and the stuff that we do, you can hit me up there at Too Much Content or on my personal page. That's totally fine. Um, that's uh, pretty much it. But the Instagram and my website, check those shits out. And I have a podcast called House Ho, H-A-U-S-H-A-U-X podcast. I am Ani Moosh. So you can find me there on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, everywhere you find podcasts like subscribe share it tell your friends about it leave a review ani i really appreciate your time this was so fun again i'm like i could i could so keep much talking fun. to you for a long time um Same. so i hope that you had fun and thank you for you know just sharing time with me and telling me about your journey and i really appreciate it um yeah i feel like we did it i'm yeah, so excited to listen thank back you to this. yeah thank okay. you so much you're welcome